Everybody online, welcome. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop back in. We had a great time of worship earlier. Looking forward to spending that time with you. Then, continuing on our series called Kingdom Rebellion. We're going to be in Genesis 4 and 5 today. Got some cool stuff. So get your Bibles and maybe your coffee. Get comfortable and get ready because here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is wonderful seeing your faces, hearing your voices, being together with you. We are looking forward to spending time with you in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them all off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are continuing on Kingdom Rebellion. We're in part four. And, oh, we have, like, another great chart. Pastor Steve found another great chart for us. It's really good. And I had never seen this one before either, Pastor Steve. So, yeah. That's a way to get people Sorry. excited. All us visual learners really are cool like, yes! chart. <laughs> So we can tell who the visual learners are. Okay, you have outed yourself. Okay, moving on. <laughs> before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your willingness to bend down to us. Here in your presence, Lord, in your house, we come as worshipers. to reflect your glory and your honor back to you. We are but rags. But would our time of worship be a pleasing offering to you, Lord? Would you use this time to soften our hearts, to draw us closer to you, to change us so that we don't leave this place the same as we walked in. You are so, so good to us. We love you and we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord Jesus Christ, who for our sake fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Give us grace to discipline ourselves so that we may always obey your will in living by doing the next right thing to the honor and the glory of your name. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration the cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. 
And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. We want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion. The bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. Uh, We're going to start our time of worship now, and I always like to encourage us all to sing out. Lift your voices, participate. It makes a big difference when you sing along with us. We're going to see the words on the screens. You're welcome to sit, stand if you're able. He is holy forever.
it stands above them all, above all the roads and dominions, all paths and possessions, your Just
for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. So excited. I have an important question to ask you. Do you guys like to play pretend? Do you guys ever like pretend that you're a superhero or maybe a princess? No? Nobody likes to play pretend? Okay. Well, guess what? <laughs> In today's story, can you guys move up a little bit, guys? Can we move up? Let's move up a little bit, okay, so that we can have the kids sit. Okay, good. All right. So, in today's story from the book of Acts, right, when a couple pretended and lied, things did not go well. Are you ready to listen to the story? Okay. So, at this point in time, the church was growing the Holy Spirit was empowering the apostles to tell everyone that Jesus is alive, right? And many, many people were trusting in Jesus. I know, right? They were trusting in him and God's grace was upon them so that they shared everything they had, right? Yeah, nobody said, oh, this is mine, right? No, everything they had, what they shared with everyone else, right? There wasn't anyone in need because those that had more than enough were gift to those that didn't, that needed something so that they would have enough, right? And guess what? This man by the name of Barnabas, he sold some land and he gave all the money to the apostles, right? And guess what? Ananias and Sapphira and his wife Sapphira, they sold the land too, but they pretended to give all the money to the apostles, but they kept some of the money for themselves, right? And what happened, we're going to learn right now, what happened when Ananias gave the money to the apostle. And we can read about that in Acts chapter 5, verse 3. Ananias, Peter asked, why has 
Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the proceeds of the land. It was all yours. You could have done anything you wanted with the money, right? But you have not only lied to man, but how pretty. Thank you. But you have lied to God, right? And when he heard this, Ananias fell and he died and was buried. Three hours later, his wife came and she didn't know what had happened. And Peter asked her, is this all the money you got for the land? And she said, yes, that's all the money. And guess what? Peter told her, why did you and your husband, right, decide to lie to God? And when he said this, the same thing that happened to her husband happened to her. You see, Ananias and Sapphira pretended to be generous. They wanted to look generous, right? But they were not. They were greedy, and they chose to lie, like the good thing is that when we have the Holy Spirit in us, he changes our hearts so that we want to share with those in need, right? And our greatest example is Jesus. Jesus, right, gave up everything so that we can share in his riches and that we can have eternal life with him. Amen? Very good, boys and girls. Good. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay, let's all repeat together, okay? Acts 5 3. Acts 5 3. Good job. Ananias, Peter asked. Why has Satan filled your heart? To lie to the Holy Spirit. And keep back part of the proceeds of the land. Great job, Good guys. job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. They're very happy about stickers, too. Then Pastor Georgina will pray for them, and then we'll dismiss them off to Children's Church. close our eyes. Are you ready? I'm going to count, okay, so we can get ready. One, two, three. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for sending Jesus to die for us, Lord, and to give us a good life found in you, Lord. I pray that you would help us to be generous Father, and help those that need, have needs, Lord. In Jesus' name, what do we say? Amen. Amen. Good job, you guys. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. I try to do that at home with Steve. I'll go, one, two. I get nothing back. Uh, uh, she's got my attention at one, so it's not me. <laughs> what? Okay. What? 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 
But she knows it's true, too. (laughs) What? (laughs) Relax. Welcome to the vineyard. Mm. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to be with you. So I, I just want to say again, thank, when, when I see this many people in the room, I want to thank you for your patience in the parking lot. <laughs> Especially when yeah. you leave, okay? So look around and be kind. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, you it's know, difficult. It's, I yeah, know it's, it's difficult. There's not I mean, enough parking. I don't know if it's raining before. still, so that'll add to the fun. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for being here. And uh, we're happy to have uh, you with us today. That little code that just showed up on the screens here, uh, will, if you point your smart device at it with a camera on, it'll take you to a page on our website. And uh, there's some very helpful links there. There's um, links to the listening, the fill-in notes that you can follow along with. Links to the Connect card. We'd like you to have you fill out if you haven't before. Links to the listening assistant. Links to the translation system. We translate when it's working well into 30 different languages. So uh, this service and the next service, fascinating how that works. So there's some really helpful things and uh, some other stuff there. If you don't have the code on your app, which you should have the app by now, it's called Useful Links. You can go there. And uh, Doug did a great job with the announcements. He talked about the one more offering. I did want to mention our Wednesday night, we have a family fun night. It's a quarterly event. And we tear all the chairs out of here and put up all our bounce houses and have free hot dogs and chips and ice cream and invite the community in. We usually have a great time. We need volunteers still. So if you can help us on that night on the app, it says I can volunteer. Or you can just show up like half an hour before the event. And uh, we need help putting it together and tearing it you know, up when we're done. So great thing. Very cool. And, Fun. Uh, When we gather corporately, we pray for our neighbors. We do this to sort of emphasize our... Uh, that we ask you to pray for the people that live around you daily. And so think about a couple of your neighbors, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. And help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, we're continuing on in a series called Kingdom Rebellion. Uh, this follows up Kingdom Revealed, which was, uh, we spent 10 weeks in Genesis 1 and 2. We're going to spend another chunk of time here in Genesis 3 through 11. We're talking primarily about the three big rebellions, the fall, the flood, the Tower of Babel. But there's a lot of fill-in stuff that we're getting into. And uh, we talked about Cain and Abel last week and we'll finish up that discussion and introduce Seth and prepare for the flood awesome and yeah. I think there's a real cool genealogy chart in there, there too I love a chart about it. who doesn't so love a good genealogy on. come on so yeah all that and more <laughs> and more uh, we build Wait, up the excitement uh, so we'll get there let's do the bad jokes and, um, and then I'll let you pray us in and okay. do the reading uh, if you put a photo of yourself in a locket uh, then you can say you are independent in the yeah that's just nope nope I just attended a friend's 62nd birthday party Mm -hmm. he uh, he came in said hello blew out his candles and boom it was time to go 60 seconds yeah 60s oh okay 60s still dumb how is a wool cardigan like a guy at the gym both are heavy sweaters (laughs) 
That's okay. what he Preach. leaves me with. <laughs> pray now for I us. have to pray. Lead us in the reading of Boy, the Lord. Boy, do I have to pray. All right. Let's corporately pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time to gather together to worship you. Father, as we turn our hearts and our attention back to you and into your word, enlighten, Lord. Let us have ears to see and eyes, ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Got lost there. (laughs) Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of Genesis. This is chapter 4, two verses, 25 and 26. Adam made love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel, since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. All right. So we are spending a lot of time working our way through the very beginning of Genesis. And just to make sure you know why we're doing that, because uh, we spent 10 weeks and two chapters of Genesis. Um, and now we're going to spend a chunk here on these next eight chapters, 10 chapters. That's not the right number, 11, nine chapters. So, uh, um, these first 11 chapters of Genesis are basically an introduction to the rest of the Old Testament and, and New Testament. And um, there's so much going on in these 11 chapters that we need to sort of slow down and try and put some pieces together because you're going to see many of these patterns and themes that are established in the beginning repeated throughout the rest of the Scripture. And we also have to do our best to try and look at those first 11 chapters uh, with the worldview of the people of the time who originally read it, heard it, wrote it, all those things, which is much different than our own. Part of the problem that we've been dealing with is that for the last 100, 200 years, we've been reading those chapters uh, and putting, trying to put our worldview on it and trying to make it say something it was never intended to say. And in so doing, we've lost some of what was happening. And we've also put people in a position where when, uh, when people have tried to sort of make it make sense, if you would, in the way that we want it to in 2024, um, they, they have trouble then uh, saying, well, what if I don't, I don't understand that or this part of the story or why is that there? And culturally now what they do is they, they say, well, if I can't believe these stories, then I don't want to believe in Jesus either. And we don't want that to happen because we know that to have life, people need to come to know Jesus and to experience him in their life, that he's the way back uh, to be reconciled to God, which his story lays out. So we want to make sure we're aware of what's going on in the story. And in case it comes up, we can help explain some of these really amazing stories like the fall and the flood and the Tower of Babel and things that are going on. And there's a lot of crazy stuff in there that people have skipped over. But if we take our time and watch it work together... I think it just begins to make a huge difference. And that's my hope is that so I want to encourage you to read the Bible all the time. It should be a daily thing, not a one and done thing. I mean, I'm encouraging people to read it for the first time. But 
we never finish. We just keep reading it, and it keeps expanding and opening up and helping us to know God more. And I, I said this last week. It, it goes from a point in time where instead of us just reading the Bible, we actually, in Jesus, with the help of Holy Spirit, are, we find our way into the story, and the Bible starts to read us. And that's when things really begin to happen. And so we're moving in that direction. So we, um, last week we were in Genesis 4. We talked about Cain and Abel. Uh, that was the heart of the story. Uh, we saw that Cain, um, he makes a decision to not do what's right. That, and in, as you're reading the story, just like his parents in Genesis 3 had an opportunity to do the right thing or the wrong thing, chose the wrong thing. Cain is now set up with a similar situation, right thing, wrong thing. He chooses the wrong thing and he kills his brother. And in chapter 4, we're introduced to the first murder, uh, the first sibling rivalry. There are a lot of sibling rivalries in the Bible. And we'll see a little bit today about the first city that's happening. But the other big point of this is that what we saw with Cain was the Genesis 3.15 verse that I said is pivotal. We call it the crimson thread of redemption uh, right after the fall. And it, it sets up the ongoing conflict through the Old Testament, which is the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent or the snake, uh, the offsprings of those. And that the offspring of the woman will eventually crush the head of the serpent, not the offspring of the serpent, because our battle is never against flesh and blood. We've got to make sure we get that now because we want to make it that way. That's not it. It's against the enemy and all that he does. And that there'll be an offspring from this the woman who is eventually going to do that. We know that to be Jesus. But the Old Testament is building up to that part of the story. And that what I said to you last week is that not only are you born into different lineages, you choose and what Cain did, he was born in, of the seed of the woman, but his actions placed him in the seed of the serpent. He was acting more like the, the serpent than, than he should have. And we looked at First John and we saw where he actually spells that out. And so we see what happens from that point is that Cain, now that he's shifted camps, we're going to look at his lineage real quick. And we're going to look at the lineage of Seth pretty quick. And then um, we're going to try and make a practical thing happen. Because I... I'm really trying to, because uh, my tendency is just to geek out and go nerdy on the Bible for our whole time, and it doesn't leave you sometimes with something to think about. And so we're, we're trying to make it practical as we go. So let's dig into the line of Cain, who's shifted camps. Uh, Genesis 4, 17, Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. Now, um, here's the, the first city being built. And if you remember that when Cain did what he shouldn't have done, God said, you'll be a restless wanderer. And Cain, uh, and this is going to show up in his line, don't care what God says. Cain's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to build a city. And cities, all in the beginning, all of these cities are people's refusal to do uh, what God has said, go everywhere, and we're going to do it together. Uh, they don't want it. They want to build a city because then they don't have to trust God. There's something about city that you, you can sort of make it happen without God being in the equation, they think, and they miss out on life. So Cain has said no to God, I'm going to build a city, and he begins building this city uh, that he names after his son Enoch. Enoch, uh, to Enoch was born Erad, Erad was the father of Mahujael, and Mahujael was the father of Methushael, and Methushael was the father of Lamech. Just a hint, when you're reading these genealogies and reading these Hebrew names, if you have to read them out loud... Just go for it and act like you know what you're saying. And 
the chances of you having a Hebrew scholar in the room are like 2%. It does happen every now and again because it's happened to me. But read on. Lamech married two women, one named Ada and the other Zillah. Now this is the first uh, polygamy. And here's Lamech, who's an evil dude. Uh, and he's just told God to, I'll do whatever I want, because what we had from the beginning was it was one man, one woman, together, one flesh. Nope, not for Lamech, who you're going to find is just a... Oh. Ada gave birth to Jabal, and he was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who play stringed instruments and pipes. Uh, Zillah also had a son, Tubal Cain, which means basically blacksmith, uh, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. And, and what we understand from the text is not only... He, he was, this is where weapons started. If you remember initially, we were cosmic gardeners. We just needed gardening tools. But because of the fall, now we, we decide we'll be warriors and violence and we start to create swords and all kinds of other weapons. Uh, in Isaiah, in our Christmas series, there's a prophecy when those wars of... Uh, those tools of weapons and weapons warfare will be melted down and turned back into gardening implements. That's really good because we're cosmic gardeners. But here we go. It all starts here. Genesis 4. Tubal Cain's sister was Nama. Uh, Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. Uh, and if Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. Now this is just Lamech making boasts. I mean, it's not what God says about him at all. Lamech's an evil guy in the wrong line. And he's done what he shouldn't do. And now he's killed a guy who wounded him, another murder, uh, and he's justifying it. And it's a picture of this widespread violence is happening through Cain's line now in the wrong track. Uh, and uh, it's a problem. And the retribution is not fitting the crime, if you would. Uh, there's this uh, passage in Exodus 21 that we often think of being very archaic. Well, how, how cruel is that? But let me, let me read it. Uh, if there's a serious injury, you're to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. We're like, wow, that's... But the, the actually wasn't... It was to hold down retribution. It was to say, look, if someone bruises you, you can't kill them. That's not okay. If someone knocks out a tooth, you can't kill them. Because Lamech was like, somebody does something to me, I'm killing them. And, and so it was holding that back. But we can see in Cain's line, now in the, in the sort of the offspring of the serpent, that it leads to uh, growing violence, it's spreading everywhere, and it leads to death. Now we're introduced to the line of Seth on purpose. The writers are introducing this thing. The writer is introducing us to how this story works. And the line of Seth will be the, the offspring from the woman, once again, which was messed with because um, Abel had killed Cain who was in there and then uh, Cain had switched camps. So Seth arrives on the scene. A Adam made love to his wife again and she gave birth to a son named him Seth saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. And at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. A fascinating verse in a very weird place, if you ask me. Like, why is it? What, what's going on? Well, uh, Enosh is actually the word for human. And the picture is that 
now through Seth, there's a new line of humanity that's going to lead to worship and to life. It's a total contrast to the uh, lineage of Cain and what's going on. And the genealogy, which I'm actually not going to read to you, and because just for a lack of time, which you should go and read, uh, introduces this line of Seth, uh, who for the most part are trying to do the right thing. Not perfectly, but they're leading us on. And let me give you a hint for reading, reading genealogies, because I know you love to read the genealogies. How do I read the genealogy? Oh, it's a genealogy. Skip to where it finishes. Oh yeah, you know. There's often patterns in the genealogies. And in this one in Genesis 5 with Seth line, it's that someone lived for so many years and then had kids and then lived for a whole bunch more years and they had other kids. And then they die. But I'm just I'm giving you my version. And that happens over and over and over again. And it's, it's ten generations. But there's a couple of exceptions. Here's the tip for reading genealogies. When you see an exception, that's important. There's some, oh, this is drawing your attention to somebody. And the first big exception that we see in this one is another Enoch. Let me also tell you that although the names are the same in some of these genealogies, they're different people. So there's a different Enoch in this story and there's a different Lemech in, in Seth's line. They're not the same. They're totally different people. Uh, and, and so in contrast to Cain's line, we saw led to violence and death. Here's now Seth's line is leading to worship and to life. And in it is a guy named Enoch. Genesis 5.21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. There's a name most of you know, uh, because we use it as a slang, right? Older than Methuselah? Yeah? I, maybe you don't. I do. Um, after he became the father of uh, Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Here's the exception. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God and then he was no more because God took him away. All of a sudden, there's a break in the pattern. It doesn't say he died. What's going on? Well, the original readers would have been very much attuned to what was happening and they had just, not that far out of Genesis 2 is this verse, Genesis 5. And this, uh, the wording is pulling you back to something that happens in Genesis 2. And it has to do with Enoch walking with God because it says God took him and then he was no more. Well, the word took that's used there is the exact same word that's used in Genesis 2.15. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden, rested him in the Garden of Eden to take care of it. So if, when you read Genesis 2, in verse 8, he creates man, and then in 15 it says he takes him and puts him in the Garden of Eden. And that's what happened. And this, what's happening in this story is Enoch's faithful walk with God has uh, ended up and resulted in the fact that God takes him and in effect puts him in the Garden of Eden again, which was exile. It's eternal life picture. And it's something to do with the faithful walk of his life for 300 years, walking so closely with God. Very cool part of the story. We're going to have somebody else walk with God here in just a moment, and that's Noah. Uh, and he'll, we'll find him about him. But here at the end of five, uh, chapter 5, Lamech had lived, good Lamech, 180 years. He had a son, and he named him Noah, and said, uh, he will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. Remember, the curse of the fall was on what? The serpent and the lamb, not on the people. But it's causing issues. Uh, and after Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years. He had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Lamech lived a total of 777 years, and then he died. That's the pattern of the genealogy. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, 
and Japheth. It's another sort of break in the pattern. And because these guys are now going to be a big, important part of the story that we're heading into uh, very soon. And that's the story of the flood. But here's that chart. I, I love a good chart. And normally I like to make you the charts, but this one was already made, so I didn't need to do it. So what I think is cool about I'd never noticed this before. And, and this is the ten generations here of Seth's line. Is because they lived so long, and so the the shaded area is how long they lived before they had kids, and then the gray area is then the rest of the years after that, right? So 930 for Adam, 807, 907, 912 for Seth. I don't want to do the math all the way down. Um, what's cool? I'd never seen this. Is is that Adam was alive for all of those generations up to Noah. So he got to meet and hang out with all those. How cool is this whole picture when you see it? And, and almost all of them were alive when Noah came onto the scene. And, and, and so I'd never thought about these generations uh, trying to live rightly and living together for all this time. And at the same time, that other group that wasn't living rightly and violent, they were around as well, which is why this one group was calling on the Lord, I think. <laughs> Help us. Uh, and, and so you have this picture developing, but I love this. Methuselah dies uh, just before the flood, and Lamech dies a few years before the flood, and then you see Noah, he's alive, and then the flood happens, and things begin to change, and that's what we pick up next week. But I just was fascinated how, just thinking about how all these generations lived together, and what that looks like. Because we get excited, you know, great-grandkids are really cool, right? And uh, I don't have any yet, but I'm thinking that's cool. Grandkids are cool. But great, 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 great. I mean, I bet birthdays were tough. I'm just saying. Adam was like, seriously? There's a lot of Apple Pay going on. Where was I? Oh, Noah. So Noah, we find out he walks with God as well. Genesis 6, 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. That's my microphone. I don't know why. Hang on one second. I'm just going to pause it. Okay, so um, so this sets us up for the flood next week, which is amazing, and the, the giants in the land. And where do the giants come from? And let me tell you that for, for a bunch of church history, a lot of people believe that this, these, uh, the sons of God that we read about in Genesis 6 are the Seth's line, uh, and that all sort of abandon ship and go over and join Cain's line. I don't think so. Uh, and we've set this up in lots of series. These The sons of God that we read about in Genesis 6 are the uh, Elohim, the fallen ones. And I think why people have trouble with the story is that the story goes on in Genesis 6 and is a little hard to comprehend uh, in that these fallen angelic beings have children with human women. But it fits the story much better with how it falls out. And it's just hard for us to even deal with that. And why are there giants there? This is where a lot of people disconnect with the Bible. Giants? What's going on? Floods? What? So we're going to take time to deal with all that next week and begin that setup. Because there's so many amazing things 
that happened. Uh, and we'll, we'll be digging into that next week. But I want to just close out today with a practical little thing about walking with God. Because that's obviously a big deal. As we saw, it was a big deal with Enoch. And it's a big deal with Noah. And it's a big deal for all of us. And so what does that look like today in a practical way about walking with God? The last week and the week before that in, in talking about practical issues, we looked at um, um, Holy Spirit and we looked at dealing with temptation and how Holy Spirit helps us with that uh, and how blessed we are, I said, because we have Holy Spirit living inside of us and that's a huge deal now that, that in Christ, as followers of Jesus, Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us and helps us and empowers us and we can choose to do the right thing in Him and then we can choose to walk it out. Uh, Galatians 4, 6, Because you're His sons, God sent the Spirit of Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Let me just say quickly, sometimes people will ask me, hey, when you pray, I hear you call God Papa. And why do you do that? It's different for some people. And because folks have been around us for a long time is on the ministry, they often will say that as well. What's going on? It's from this verse. Um, and that Holy Spirit uh, gives us this intimacy with God where we can cry out. So Abba, I don't, I use Papa instead of Abba because if I use Abba, people get like start thinking about a Swedish rock group and th- then they're really confused. Well, what do they have to do with it? Papa. It's just a way of being intimate with God. It's okay. So anyway, we have Holy Spirit and um, what we have to do is yield to Him, partner with Him and walk with Him. So uh, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's walk with God. And Holy Spirit will help us to do that and, and to walk this life out. But just like every person in generation, there's choices. So Paul says, I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, what does that look like? The acts of the flesh are obvious. This is kind of a scorching list. Buckle up. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy... Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, not done yet, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me say quickly that uh, sometimes people think that these are the new rules for getting into heaven, and it's not. The kingdom of God talks is about the rule and reign of God. It's not a geographical place. What it's saying is, if you choose, because you can, to, if you choose to live this way, you're not going to be walking with God and, and enjoying the rule and reign of God in your life. This is, again, picking from the wrong tree. This is um, choosing to define good and evil for yourself, which I said is the heart of everything from the beginning. And it's the ultimate impacts are dehumanizing. They make you less human, subhuman. It puts you in the enemy's territory, and that's where he wants you. It's picking from the wrong tree. And what Paul tells us is, is that we need to live with the fruit of the right tree, the tree of life. We're, we're in Christ now. We're, we're connected with God, filled with Holy Spirit. We have our vocation back, and we're to walk this life out this way, the fruit of the Spirit. This is the fruit of the tree of life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And, and so it's a practical reminder for us as we live through this life. Which tree will we take from? Will we continue to define good and evil for ourselves and live subhuman 
from the way that we could? Or will we wait on and trust in and let Holy Spirit lead us and guide us and develop this fruit in us so that we can experience the rule and reign of God in our lives? I say, choose him. Choose to walk with him. That's where life is. Amen. Ministry team, those are here. Why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way over to the wall here, they're here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, just go over there and let someone pray for you. Let me say this again. Listen, this whole thing starts by asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. This is a personal decision. It's one you need to make. We get lots of choices. I've told you that. This is the first and most important one you need to make. Yes to Jesus. If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in our hearts, God raised him from the dead, we will be saved, made whole, healed, reconnected, reconciled. It's all in there. And so if you've never done it, please, today, right now, just right where you're at, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And that brings you into the story, and Holy Spirit comes and begins to change things with you. Best decision you will ever make. Amen. So Noah next week. Looking forward to hearing more about Noah. Noah, uh, lots. Of, we're going to talk about the giants, oh, and the Nephilim giants. next That's week. A little bit about Noah, and then the, then it'll be another week. We really get into the. There's so many cool things. Yeah, I know. I mean, the flood's a horrible story. Yeah. So I feel bad when I say there's so many cool things, but yeah. um, you'll make it cool. We'll, for we'll, us, we'll do our best. That's great. If you guys need prayer for anything, physical, financial, if the if the message hit you in a way that you feel like you're stuck in a bad choice or that you should make a different turn in the road, it's never too late. Go and get some prayer for that from our team. And thank you for braving the rain today. Amen. Amen. And uh, get home safe. Yeah, good, good pray. Sometimes we get stuck. And uh, uh, one way to get unstuck is to just go and ask for prayer. That's a, that's a, if you're stuck, something repeating or something, let someone pray for you. All right. Uh, thank you for being so generous. Appreciate all of you. Love partnering with you. We get to do so many cool things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Being faithful to tithing, you're giving your offering. Thanks for all of that. Let's sing doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We will see you soon. Ministry over there, if you need it, prayer. These doors are open for you. Head out that way. Looks like we might have caught a break from the rain for the moment. Be safe as you drive. And uh, whatever. Hope your team wins. Catch some fish. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, All about the Nephilim, the beginning of the flood, Genesis 6. Go ahead and read it and uh, get ready for that. There's some great stuff in there. Wherever you're at, guys, if it's snowing or raining or just beautiful and sunny, it's not here. It's raining. Have a great week. We love you. Bye-bye.